Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. Woo! Scene Partners, the only podcast with Chris and Cody that are gonna talk about stuff. Why didn't you work with Christian on the intro? <laughs> Uh, who says that I didn't? Obviously, my <laughs> beats are fresh, and I'm ready to throw them on the. the I'm ready to throw them down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ending. There was a little sling bladey. Yeah, I did get a little, throw them down. Mm. Got some fried green podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're having a really good night. I'm having an excellent uh, about thirty minutes right now. Chris's new girlfriend is on the way, and he's been really excited. He's been waiting for this purchase for a while. For about three weeks. Yeah, I've been fighting just... with bots and internet and This is kind else. of like your odyssey. It is. It is. Uh, so and like I, I can you're, say, you're like, you're Odysseus. Like, this is your, your story. I just made it home. Yeah, you just... You, well... You just made it home, and then those guys opened that bag of wind. Yes, 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 yes. Because yes. it hasn't quite arrived yet. That's fair. That's a that's a fair statement. <laughs> no, I think I'm home, but I'm a giant. Oh, there it is. Because I'm 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 kind of high right now, mm-hmm. riding the high of making the purchase. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I was about to say I don't think you can just say that you're kind of high right now. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty ecstatic. I don't think that you're pretty high. I I you're probably excited. Yelled and screamed and it was one of those things where I really thought if I I should have taken my phone out. Like the things I choose to record are always, you know, they're just the things that don't matter. Like that, that I should have recorded that. Yeah. But you just got a PS5. I did. Oh, I sponsorship. Have, please sponsor us. <laughs> I buy all of your products. But I'd been, That's man, awesome. it, it, it honestly, it's been a very frustrating purchasing process. And those people that like collect shoes, I see what they go through. Like that is so I hard. I didn't realize to do. that this collecting shoes thing was a thing until I saw. A, a trailer for some movie about somebody who was really into collecting shoes. Yeah. They, uh, well, like these people will, or these resellers basically, they have these people that like install these bots on all these websites. And as soon as the, the items like hit the, the, the sell and the purchase thing online, they'll immediately snatch them up. So the only place to buy this stuff is like on StockX or eBay, and they will three, four times the price out there for collectors. I just don't understand. Like, well, clearly people are supporting it, though, and or else it wouldn't be a thing. Like, if people yes. just didn't do it, then there would be no need for the like this industry. Well, exactly. I, you know, I I think in many ways we've gone wrong with the internet, <laughs> and like, there's no easy solution. Oh my solution. gosh, it's about going wrong with the internet. I did just listen to. Well, I, I'm not all the way through it yet, but um, I did just listen to Dak Shepard's interview with the guy who did the Social Dilemma. Like oh dude from yes. Google. And talk about going wrong with the internet. It absolutely. Yeah, what is really awesome uh, is that someone like um, like him could be on the forefront of all of that technology mm-hmm. and creating, and then see that basically the creation is a monster, almost like Frankenstein. Oh you yeah, know, like in, in the Frankenstein's monster. Oh, especially when it comes to social media, because at at its inception. It's a good thing. You're connecting with people that you want to stay in touch with for, for many years. Tristan and like, Harris is that guy's name. Oh, yes, yes. Um, like, I, I still have never met Tom, but I assume we're still friends. Oh, my gosh. No one no one knows who you're talking that's about. A, that's a throwback. I know it's a throwback. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> what was your MySpace? 
song. What did you have everybody listen to? It's like some Hooba Stank or Switchfoot or something. Oh, gosh. That's a throwback. <laughs> I actually, I don't know. I don't even know what mine was. It was it was probably something that I thought made me sound or seem indie. Yeah, I, like w- when I think about that stuff, even like the Zanga days, and you could attach a song to your profile. You were like, I want this to be cool, but I'm yeah. like deep, and I don't want a stupid song because I don't mm-hmm. want people to think I'm like into Weird Al or anything like that. So, <laughs> even though I like <laughs> a song, you'd like Weird Al. Um, it's, it does kind of make me think like don't. you're. Um, Oh, Jeremy Shepard just shed a tear. I'm so sorry. Like personally attacked, I think. One I of do his have heroes. to give him credit though, because I heard an interview with him, and he does not record anything without getting the permission of the original artist. Oh yeah, and that to me He's makes really him so stand up. That. Yeah. Well, he was the only one that got to record. Uh, my, that's where he was able to do "Eat It." Like he got permission from Michael Jackson. Yeah. And that was, I feel like I Which remember is, hearing that that was a huge deal. Yeah, crazy and surprising that he would actually authorize. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's that is kind of wild. Um, this has been a very interesting little tangent. Um, but I, uh, the thing that I was going to say is I wonder, like, in other areas in life, you know, it's like the this, this Tristan Harris guy, the social dilemma dude, he had his, his like, Jerry Maguire moment. They talked about that in the, in the podcast. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, it's like such a Jerry Maguire thing to do to to see a problem in your industry and then want to fix it. And so you write this memo, which is kind of what he did. He created this presentation about how to make, you know, how do we make this technology work better for people? Yeah. And, you know, being conscious of what we are doing and how we're affecting people's psychology. And, um, and then like put it out into the universe, even though it was so against his, his own self-interest. Yeah. I wonder, have you ever done that? Have I ever done that? I don't know if I've ever done that. Oh man, uh, I don't know if I've ever like. I, you know, I don't. I don't either. Saw an issue like that and stood up and was and, and said, "Hey, you know, this goes against my self interest." But yeah, it's like I guess it would have to be. I mean, maybe there are small a, things, but not anything like big on like my career. Yeah, level. it would. It would have to be this major. I would just have to. It would be totally against my character or like a major moral dilemma for me to have to make that decision. That would be really hard to say. I'm walking away from this career or this this life or like if I were to walk away from theater, it'd have to be like I have now a major moral dilemma. And then like right. it would have to be. But I think his thing wasn't so much even walking away from it. It was how do we fix it. And I, yeah. here are the problems with what we have created. So what are we going to do about it instead of just reaping the benefits, like the profits? Yeah, that's true. Well, like, for instance, I would say, like, with my problem that I had with purchasing the PlayStation for so long, it would be like, why can't I do, like, the DMV? I pay for it now. I get a ticket. And right. eventually when the stock comes in, I just get it. Right. And that would stop, you know, scalpers and things like that. But, you know, I have a hard time watching YouTube nowadays because of the sheer number of ads. Oh, man. If yeah. I'm watching a Facebook video and an ad comes up in the middle, I'm like, I'm done off. watching it. Yeah. And I think we've gone the wrong way in that. Like, I would almost... But and again, I know, with YouTube, they even sell it almost just like Hulu does, where you can just... Yeah, pay for a, this. And get a subscription. I would almost pay... pay the ads away. Yeah, I would almost pay to have internet access with zero ads, period. I would pay that premium. Like, there needs to be a special internet. For people, yes, just like I just want to search. Here's things. the free web. Yeah, here's the paid web. Because you have the dark web. 
I don't know what goes on there. I don't understand how <laughs> you, you like led right into that one. Like, well, this the is the real one. thing. This is how I got well, my I got PlayStation. This alert. <laughs> I got this. Like, yeah, this is how I got my PS5. I got this alert the other day about a password, actually for something for play on theater that was like your stuff has been accessed on the dark web. I was like, what does that even mean? I just changed everything. I was like, I don't know. I'll change change it all. That's what I need to do. Just change all of. You're the- one of those people that just felt like I, I don't know if this is real or not. I'm just. Doing I don't know it. if it's re- well. Google Suite like sent it to me, so I was yeah. like, it feels real. So I'm just gonna switch everything. But and then I also like today got an email telling me that my domain was gonna expire in two days. And it's like, no, nah, it's not how it works. Yeah. Luckily, I kn- I knew that for real. Because <laughs> that would be sad. At least I'm up on the business side of this. I'm going to say that. We're going to post this podcast, and then our entire website's going to crash. Yeah, some, somebody, somebody's like, already bought it. Actually. For a higher price. <laughs> well, I will say this. Regardless of all the problems that I had, I'm extremely thankful. And even though we're recording this like the day before Thanksgiving, I'm mm-hmm. so thankful to have it, had the opportunity to finally... <laughs> Yeah. Make a purchase for It one. is kind of funny that we, we, we've we made it to this point where we're just kind of like a week ahead. But yeah. we don't necessarily think about what the world is going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, so that's like, true. Hey, that's when your Thanksgiving episode is. Like, oh, yeah, yeah that makes sense. In hindsight, we would have recorded last week's to be more Thanksgiving centric right. or thankful for people, you know, giving their time mm-hmm. to us one hour a week. La- last week, last week, it had to it had to be what it was. Yeah, that's true. That was too recent. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I loved it. Remember, everyone, if you go to Amazon Prime, you can watch <laughs> the show that goes wrong. The show that goes wrong. Um, or just listen to our podcast. You'll get filled in the whole way. So is there, like, speaking of Thanksgiving, is there any kind of, like, things that you have? Oh, to- my gosh. So today I was thinking about the things that I wanted to actually say to you now that we're alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we are. Uh. Okay, so I oh, actually, there's a stack of I, um, <laughs> I actually got on uh, the computer and um, and I I thought what what do people do that have like problems with going to dinners and stuff? They don't like know how to talk, and yeah. so what are their conversation starters? So I have some conversation starters for you. This was the um, one of the most searched things for like the holidays or for Thanksgiving, for like holiday parties or dinner parties. So I'm just going to throw some I these questions out. I walk in and out. say, I voted for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so here's, let's see. I, okay. can I Before you start that, I appreciate that you see how awkward I am at dinner tables and are just like, We're, let's address this. He likes <laughs> to take the note. There's nothing wrong with me having my Jerry Maguire moment right now and giving you the memo of saying, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I've noticed some problems. You don't know how to talk to You're people. great, but You're we awkward. should be able to change some things. <laughs> okay. Show me the convos. So uh, the first question that this was saying that you should ask whoever you get sat next to at this random holiday party or at a dinner table for Christmas or Thanksgiving, or mm-hmm. I guess if you're Zooming your Thanksgiving, what, whoever, like, I don't know breakout room the, the, the people doing zoom breakout rooms for thanksgiving <laughs> that would be really funny hey the kids table is still somewhere else like we're not going to listen to the How kids table you. for the zoom breakout room <laughs> that is actually really funny um so this is uh convo starters for the holidays how was your name chosen so just think you just sit down you look across the table 
You see all these other people, they're chatting. You look next to you. There's whatever is sitting next to you. And you just think, hmm, I don't know this person. I'll just straight up say, how was your name chosen? So we'll play this out. Hey, I, I'm Cody. Hey, I'm Chris. No, you're supposed to say, how was your name chosen? Oh, how? Okay. We'll try it again. Hi, I'm, okay, go ahead. Hey, I'm Cody. Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, <laughs> Cody, that's an interesting name. How was your name chosen? That's ridiculous. I'm never talking to you ever again. Yeah, see, th- see <laughs> that's exactly what I thought the whole time. I was because like, my dad wanted to name me Chris. Oh. Did you know that? No, I did not. I was almost Christopher. and Christopher Walker. Oh. I was going to be, well, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. But I was actually going to be Christopher Lewis was going to be my name. And then I guess my dad at the last minute just decided he didn't like the fact that fur was in the name. He's like, that's ridiculous. Oh. We'll call him Cody. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. But um, it would have also still been spelled with a K, so it would have been... Oh, it wouldn't have been yeah. right. It would have been weird. I was almost named Josh. And then, uh, see, and at the last minute, my mom changed her mind too. So I weird. Mean, look at us. This could have been Chris and Josh, or just Chris and Chris. That's a well. Hmm. <laughs> my name is okay. too common. So here's the anyway. next one, uh, because that first one, I just thought, like, what in the world? How is this the first thing that you say to somebody? I, I hey, genuinely thought you made chosen? that up. I didn't think that you. No, this is straight off of the the interwebs. <laughs> And not the dark one. Like, I, I went for the, like, you know. The- I've seen your cursor. It's a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> What's your, uh, oh, wait, hold on. I should, I wrote this in weird shorthand. What? What's your fave? Oh, what? <laughs> I was like, is it either fun or favorite or fave? What is your favorite way to give back and help others? Um. I'm really selfish in the way that I help others in that I have to do something for you that makes me feel good. <laughs> I know you weren't genuinely asking, but I felt like answering. I know. I love it. It's great. I just I just like the idea that somebody sits down and they memorize these things. That's almost like uh, your future sister-in-law, Danny. That's a type of question. She asks these really great, deep questions. Yeah, but she's, but strange is like she can get away with it because she's genuinely interested. Yes, and I always feel... Or at least she's good at pretending yeah, like she Yeah, absolutely. Is. But she always responds and keeps the conversation going. And I always feel so terrible mm-hmm. because I never know, because that's not how like I'm in the conversation. And I'm like, I don't know how to ask you questions. I'm so sorry. I'm bad at Can you just answer what you answered? Yes. <laughs> what you asked me. And you just tell me what your response is. I'm going to hit her with all of these questions. <laughs> and I want you to film it. Um, okay, so the next one is, do you remember your first kiss? This was another funny, weird thing for me. I'm like, you're sitting at a dinner table. You don't know this person. And you just are like, hey, do you, uh, now that I know where your name is chosen, uh, do you remember your first kiss? That immediately seems like a, like a, like a come on. Yeah, that's, that's like you're trying really hard to make this date work and there is nothing it's coming. Not a- so but then, do you remember your first kiss? This this would be Cody actually asking these questions if the date with Lexi had gone terribly <laughs> wrong. And then he's like, well, I'm throwing everything at the wall to see what Just, sticks. Well, well, what's what's going to happen? Um, I remember my first kiss, actually. Here's an unsolicited answer. My first kiss might have been my second. Who knows? But I'm thinking it's my first. I, like, arranged this entire thing to... Um, play spin the cup i remember it was i was in like the second grade or third third grade you're an early bloomer yeah and um oh well 
thanks. I didn't know um, why I had to whisper that. But I don't know either, but like, it, it just I seemed, just said it seemed really fun. Um, so I had, I was in, the, I think I was in the third grade and, um, because we were in Louisiana. So I had decided that I was going to kiss this girl, Samantha Smiley. <laughs> and, um, cause that was her name. Oh, I thought you were protecting. No, her. no, that, that's really her, her <laughs> okay. real name. Um, I apologize, Samantha. I, I don't expect she's listening. You know, whenever you get to a certain point and you start to like, like the, the bad part of Facebook, I guess, where you start to really look up people again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, I forgot all about this person. Let's see what. The, uh. Sometimes you just feel really bad. You just feel real bad. Not that I'm doing better, but. Track. But um, so I had worked up this entire plan and I talked to my friend Randy, who was a girl. And Randy was like, this is a great plan. But what I didn't know is that Randy was going to try to kiss me. And that was not a part of the plan. And we went and hid behind the welcome sign to the school. And I brought a paper cup and we were going to play spin the cup. And in my mind, it just made sense that it was going to land on Samantha and that we were going to grow old and, and happy together behind this sign. It just made sense to me. Well, it just kept landing on Randy. Like It was like Randy just knew. <laughs> but I was just, you know, a third grader didn't know how to deal with that. So I just kept being like, that didn't count. And I would just re-spin it until it finally landed on Samantha. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Randy. I'm also sorry, Samantha. I'm sorry for not protecting either of your identities in this moment. I, I, <laughs> I don't I, remember Randy's last name, but I just I, I remember that was such a strange thing. It is it is amazing how you are a magnet for these things happening to you. Well, I do remember right after I kissed Samantha, they like ran away, and I was all alone. And I was like, I'm going to keep this cup forever. And whenever we get married, I'm going to pull this paper cup out and be like, this was the cup. I just don't think that that would count as your first real kiss. Yeah, no, that, that probably doesn't. But that was my first kiss. Okay. I mean, I don't what know are you that considering that real kiss over there? I would say, you know, when you, when you like romantically kiss another person. Yeah, no, no I, I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably really bad. I, I don't think I remember that at all. Well, sorry for the first person that did kiss Cody because apparently it was unremarkable. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm old. It's been a while. Oh my god, my first real romantic kiss was with Lexi. How about that? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Lexi just rolled her eyes so hard. She probably from the uh, from the other room. She I, somehow I'm, I'm heard surprised this. she didn't like Kramer her way in here and be like, no, <laughs> no. Just burst through the door. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so I know you're not gonna answer. You didn't. You didn't try to make out with a Samantha Smiley behind your third grade welcome uh, sign. No, my first kiss was horrendous and horrible, and I would like to forget it. Oh, okay. Well, whoever that was, you're welcome. You're yeah. I apologize for <laughs> participating in that. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time they were like, it was so magical. No. Not anymore. No, I think we can all agree it was bad. Oh, Yeah. That's sad. Um, this next question is, what is your ideal first date? Which is still just something you shouldn't bring up to a stranger at a dinner party. At your first date, you're asking what your ideal first date. The last one date. that I wrote, yeah, your ideal one. The last one that I wrote down, because I was like, there's just no way. This, this entire website was created by somebody who just wanted to be cruel, was does... Uh, 
have has your political views changed in the last year or since you've had kids if they have kids <laughs> i love that you keep the parentheses has your political views changed since you've had kids if, if they you have, have kids? kids if they oh if you if you do you have kids do you have <laughs> not not let's open with hey do you have kids do you have kids no i read the question as it was written <laughs> Like, but I just love I that like all it of doesn't these open ruled. with something that's a little more personal to them. It's, right. hey, what's your political... Let's start a fight right here at Thanksgiving. Right here. I don't know you, but let's just let's just make it happen. I guess maybe that's what it was. Here's the way to have a real Thanksgiving. Ask all of these questions in a row to a stranger that you get sitting next to. Are you having Thanksgiving here tomorrow? Because I'll just show up and ask this. I mean, we're not really having Thanksgiving this year. So we're doing like a small... I mean, I would be surprised if you didn't just show up to eat because we no, are yeah, going to still make gumbo. Me a little earlier <laughs> so today. There you go. She's like, hey, look, we're cooking all day tomorrow. Show so up if you want we'll to. We'll be here. Um, but uh, so the other thing while I was looking this up is I was just curious if there was actually any Thanksgiving plays. Oh, there has to. Come on. So there, there has to be at least actually a Charlie a Thanksgiving Brown. play. And it is called a Thanksgiving play. And it's about an elementary school teacher from what I could understand. It's like, all, I mean, apparently it's the only one because it was the only one that showed up in every single search. And it is about an elementary school teacher that's putting, that has to put on a play about um, the first indigenous people and the settlers. And they have to um, tell the story. And it's basically her working with these professional actors that have been hired by the school and a local playwright. And she's trying to keep it like, you know, in the realm of sensitivity, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. The trailers I watched were actually kind of funny. But, you know, there's your one Thanksgiving play. So that that's a Thanksgiving thing. You know, we I've we could we could do a Thanksgiving play. Nope. No, no, yeah. You don't Whatever. want to do a theme. My like, my of? like, sixteenth percent Cherokee Indian doesn't like put me over the edge. I think <laughs> to make this okay. <laughs> I think we'll have to go. I'll have to go clear it with the Tunica Biloxi tribe down the street. Make sure. Yeah. Still, um, so the other thing while I was looking this up is I was just kind of curious in general about holiday shows, and then I thought it would be kind of fun to read you some of these holiday shows and see if you could actually figure out what they were about based oh, off of their title. Okay, here we go. And I thought this was really fun. So I'll, I'll like softball the first one. It's, it's, it, it is something. But I, I really want you to like take this seriously, okay. Chris. Okay, all right, hold on, let me. Let me. So the, fir- <laughs> the very first question, or the very first title of the show. So I want you to come up with what you think it is. Okay. The title of the show is A Christmas bus it involves um just so you know i will tell you what it is really about okay it involves uh there is a red-headed teacher named miss frizzle who is <laughs> driving uh these kids to uh learn about the first christmas with uh saint nicholas mm, with saint nicholas yeah to to view him you know how like the that they view like at a burial so like the the magic school bus would take the, i mean or this christmas bus would take them to uh i'm totally wrong and it's probably something more like that tom hanks animated movie isn't it the uh christmas train the train polar christmas. express polar express yes no it's, it's, not, it's not no was i closer with the magic school bus yeah 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 You're so like what is the actually- website to read? Well, I have to look up the thing. I just couldn't remember her name. I remembered. So you like Frizzle 
You're, you're pretty close. Okay. Her name is Mrs. Frump. Okay. It's a German play. I mean, how are you going to name that lady Frump? Like, that's just not right. That you, is not you, right. You name that if you're, like, writing Harry Potter. So this says, this is the synopsis. I'm just going to read it. Okay. It's Christmas Eve, and Mrs. Frump, the director of Peace Valley Orphanage, is planning what she believes will be the most special Christmas ever for her kids. She's borrowed an old bus and arranged for each child to spend Christmas with a family in the area. The only problem is she hasn't told the busybodies on the orphanage board of trustees yet. Ooh. There's a, it gets a lot longer, but okay. I don't know if I necessarily need to go all the way down. But um, basically along the way, they pick up a passenger who... Um, oh my goodness, there's a man named Sheriff Snodgrass. That's kind of... That's cool. <laughs> suspicious. Um, a traveling suspicious. Tr- troubadour who's been on the road tying, trying his luck as a folk singer and is now returning home to his girlfriend. Aww. All right, that's you. It's an adventurous ride culminating in a Christmas Eve more special than Frump could have ever imagined. <laughs> It's got 15 original songs. It's a musical. Uh, can you get us the rights that. to that, to at least read it? Oh, speaking of that Ninja Turtle cursor, I had it placed at the perfect spot for their little promo poster, and it was like right over Frump's head. It just it was like Donatello. It was really funny. Mm. Oh, live streaming is available. Oh, when, when is this happening? Okay. A couple of weeks? Um, here's the next one. Okay. This is the title. Okay. If it's Monday, it must be Christmas. Okay, this is more of a southern style, maybe closer to the Tennessee Williams, and it involves this uh large Tennessee orange Williams. Yeah, a large orange tabby voiced by Bill Murray Ooh. uh called Garfield. Oh, and Garfield is just straight up in this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, well, yeah. Uh or he's just called Garfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No correlation to the. It just so happens that issues. he's owned by a man named John. That would be interesting. <laughs> it would be interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I know we've had ran into a lot of copyright issues with this in the past, but it's just a coincidence. It's Gorefield, <laughs> and it's Jan. We've changed the the gender. We call it Garfield, <laughs> and and uh, the dog's name is Itis. Mm. Any clue what happens? Um. If it's Monday, uh, it, it it's like a really bad day, but it happens to also be Christmas. Now, I'm going to be honest. I did not read the synopsis. Here we go. Until just now. So as far as I know, <laughs> your horrible explanation is possible. <laughs> let's, let's fund my ideas. The synopsis says, it's finally here. <laughs> so apparently this is the fifth play in the Harry Monday trilogy. So one, we got to look up. We got to look up the other four. We got to look up Harry Monday. Harry never could count. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this isn't insensitive. Christmas time rolls around in our down and out gumshoe. Oh my goodness! Okay, he's short of cash as usual. He's down to walking dogs for a few bucks when Harrigan's department store has its payroll stolen. Ah. Oh. And who you gonna call? Loretta Mondello, the store manager. 
Those names are too close. His complete faith in Harry pulling this one off. After all, she's his mother. Ooh. Oh my goodness, the plot. Well, now it makes sense why Not only is that. is the payroll missing, but crime of all crimes, somebody kidnapped Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> the Please. Santa Claus has gone missing uh, along with the money and the bonuses. Harry only has one day till Christmas Eve to solve the case. Is Scarlet Clunts? Clunts? K-L-O-O-N-T-Z. Clunts. Clunts. Scarlet Clunts, the all-too-friendly clerk behind it all? Or maybe Carson Page, the newest member of the Harrigan staff, who is also in love with the boss's daughter? Hmm... And why did Mildred Walensky? I can't. (laughs) Mildred Walensky? I'm loving this. Owner of rival stores suddenly show up. Or Trixie (laughs) O'Brien. An elf who was the last one to see Santa before he vanished. Oh my goodness, there's so many maybes. Is he a dentist? There's a a con artist. There's a lot of maybes. They go through every... There's a maybe for every character in the show. Um, Lieutenant Brogan. There's a good name. What can a flat foot do to stay free of the fuzz and find the felons? Wise cracks and plots twists fly faster than Sanny's sleigh at the Yuletide whodunit. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> One season. 2021. We do all, all of the, the Monday plays. I don't know. All, I mean, to we'll culminate ha- into the I feel fifth like we one would just have to do Christmas. them on Mondays. Mm, I'm, if, if that's what you want, we can do that. But just think you could be Harry Monday. All year long. Look, I in no way want to like <laughs> make fun of or poke fun of anyone's art, but it's only available for middle school and high schoolers, is what the royalties <laughs> say. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it would have been fun to have you as a as a gumshoe detective for a year. I is that I don't know if I've ever heard gumshoe. Detective, like, what does it even mean? I don't even know what just that means. What they call these PIs back in the day? You're just walking the streets, catching your clues. No, I'm not doing the voice with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going with you. All right, here you go. Okay, a child's Christmas in Wales. I assume the country, and not like Jonah. You can decide whatever you want because okay. I, I said what it says. A child's Christmas in Wales. Well, it makes me think of maybe, no, <laughs> no, not even going to say that. Just tell me what it is. Um, okay. All your Christmases will live again in the magic of Dylan Thomas's poetic language. It's in verse. The whole thing is in verse. I, this is amazing. I've already checked out. I can never remember whether it snowed for six days and six nights when I was 12 or 12 days and 12 nights when I was six. That's a direct quote. That's a line that they took from the show. Oh, man. That's really wordy. Despite the fact that this is a Welsh Christmas and the music is also Welsh, Dylan Thomas has managed to universalize the very essence of Christmas as any child anywhere might perceive it. So, if what I'm understanding is that somebody wrote the synopsis and thought it's the title is Welsh Christmas. Like, listen, man, the title is well, like Christmas in Wales. Like, there's no way ever this is only going to be done in Wales. Like, who's going to go see that? And they were like, look, I'm going to write this synopsis. 
<laughs> and it's going to be like, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows that it's a, that it is universal. <gasps> That's a good word. Universal. I'll put it in the book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, basically there's something to do with some kind of magical thing that happens in Wales. Well, I'm not, you know, again, not discrediting, discrediting someone's art there, but I don't know that I would enjoy something in verse for two hours. Mm, no. All right, here's your last one, and then I'm done. Okay. Because I realized this gag was probably funnier in my mind than what's actually happening. <laughs> this last one <laughs> is called, and you should also know that every other letter is capitalized and then lowercase and then capitalized and lowercase. Okay. In the title of the show. Okay. Fruitcakes. All right. This takes place in the year 2004, and Fruitcakes is the AOL instant messaging screen name of this girl who is talking to someone else during Christmas time. Oh, my God. Have you seen this? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Chris McDowell. Oh, my so, God. How dare you throw that in my face? <laughs> okay, so she's, she's, she's an AOL messenger? Yeah, she's an aimer. Oh, an aimer. Hmm. Okay. Well, some people in our audience might not know what that is. AIM is what Facebook Messenger used to be way back in the day when Cody was a wee tyke. Before texting. Bef oh, that's actually true, yes. Yeah, it was texting <laughs> before texting. We would like run home in the afternoons and everybody would hop on their little chat room with AIM and mm -hmm. talk to one another because we couldn't just call each other. If you had a dial-up card. Yeah. So this actually, fruitcakes. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Jamie has run away from home and has come as far as his money will take him. At first, he thinks this town his inhabitants are nuttier than fruitcakes. But soon he comes to admire, appreciate, and adore this nutty little town. <laughs> this moving story of alienation, understanding, and reconciliation provides audiences with a heaping helping of holiday warmth and Christmas cheer. What was that? <laughs> cheer. Okay. It's a story about a pig, by the way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, it just made me think. I really wanna. I really wanna write a. I really wanna write a story about Christmas. You don't think there's enough of those? I think Netflix just released another Kurt Russell Santa Claus film. They did. Yeah. I think there's enough yeah, Christmas there's probably, stories. There's there's really enough. Just for a watch while. Hallmark for about a month now, and you'll mm. be good to go. Well, Lacey Shunavert or Julian, whatever. Yeah. By Julian Wiles. I don't know if we're gonna do your your piece of. Of art. Mine? Fruitcake? Mm. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be doing your production of fruitcakes. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's really all I had for you today, buddy. Oh, that's it? <laughs> all right. Well, that's interesting. I just think, like, you know, after a while, you've, we've probably reached the peak of holiday shows. Of holiday shows, yes. I mean, like, when you think about it at the theater. But, you know, one, one holiday show that actually is pretty awesome that isn't necessarily a holiday show, um, is uh, Almost Maine. Have you ever seen that or read that? Play? No, no, I, I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen clips from it, but I've not seen like the whole thing. So, yeah, it's kind of written in a similar style of Love Actually in the way that they use, um, like there's an element of magic in each story. Mm -hmm. And it kind of all surrounds like a story of of love like it has something to do with like the an element of of magic with with love mm -hmm. and i think it's thought of more of like a christmas show mostly because it's just really heartfelt and then then it like has one small little christmas 
moment. Yeah. In the show. But I love that play. I think it's so cool. It's like I I don't know. I mean, I also love Love Actually. But it's not Do you watch that every Christmas? I watch that yeah. You watch it all year round, don't you? I mean, I can watch it Anytime all year round. Anytime it's on TV, you just watch it. I could definitely watch it all year round. But what, about, what are you don't. doing after this? You want to watch? Did you bring your PJs? Um, I'm in my PJs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah. Uh, oh man, my my favorite story in the um, almost Maine is there's this this uh, there's this guy who like he, his the love of his life leaves him and goes and like does something else and doesn't like like pursues some other kind of passion and leaves him behind in the small town and she comes back into the town and is looking for him and she has this entire conversation with this um with this man that she doesn't recognize and throughout the story what she realizes is like her being gone actually um like his life left him so he was just like this crippled oh wow man and so he is like really sickly and older and like she shows up and she's very much like alive. But since he didn't, he never let himself get over the relationship. Mm-hmm. He just, it kind of like drained all the life from him. Oh, wow. And she s- shows up looking for him because she realizes that she wants to find love again and that, it, you know, that she wants to be with him. And since he like dwelled on it for so long, he isn't able to accept it. Interesting. Yeah, I like and so that. then she leaves. But it's kind of written in these vignettes, like yeah. there's these little little scenes and a whole bunch of them. And some of them are not so great, but that one is my that's my favorite one yeah. for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of like any other weird holiday show. Ah, uh, it's you you have like the typical ones that uh, many people do. Um, I think that's the whole thing about the holidays. It's not. I think it's hard to try to reinvent something because it's all about just well, trying to we, find that nostalgia. Yeah, it's that's why we haven't had any new really good like Christmas songs in fifty years. Right. Everybody, everyone just wants to recreate like the old ones over and over and over again. Well, I mean, except for Mariah Carey. That's now become a classic in and of itself, though. <laughs> it has become just like a classic. Michael Bublé's Christmas record. Yeah, but he's not he's not writing any new songs. Yeah, agreed. I mean, but still, it's like. These are like the staples of, you know, this this holiday oh season. I didn't send it to you, but I found a Thanksgiving song, and it is oh, actually, so bad. fun fact, uh, uh, Jingle Bells. No, dashing through the snow, one horse open. Is that Jingle Bells? Yeah. Okay, that is actually. <laughs> I was just so I was like, "What are you doing right that now?" That is actually a Thanksgiving song, but it is now associated with Christmas because of like uh, television and and Christmas specials back in the nineteen fifties. How is this possible? I don't I cannot, know. I can, I don't know about this. I, I look it up. Call look, someone. Look, I don't have people to call for call fact em. check. Siri, what is a Thanksgiving song? Oh my goodness. Okay, well, Thanksgiving song by uh, Adam Sandler is not what I wanted to do. Is Jingle Bells a Thanksgiving holiday song? <laughs> is Jingle Bells a Thanksgiving song? This is the best moment of the whole podcast for me. Do it again. Oh, Jesus. 
I don't care about One Republic's Christmas song. Jingle Bells is a classic song sung at Christmas time, but it didn't start out that way. First published in 1857, it was written by James Lord Perpont to be sung on Thanksgiving, not Christmas. There is some question as to where it was written. Massachusetts and Georgia both are plausible. How is this an entire article in the Washington Post? This is crazy. I feel like my whole life's kind of been a lie. Sometimes Chris knows things. I mean, they're very niche things, but he knows things. As he takes a sip of Medford, his drink to Mass, gloat where a little a bit. Sleigh races, where sleigh races were popular in the 1800s claims itself as the birthplace of the song. There is a plaque at 19th High Street, the site of the former Simpsons Tavern, where Pierpont was said to have penned the ditty in 1850. I don't think we call songs ditty enough. (laughs) That little ditty. Listen to this little ditty. Oh, speaking of little ditties, dude, TikTok with the Ratatouille musical. I can't even like, I can't deal. I mean, I know that I kind of have a problem with freaking amazing diving into TikTok sometimes. But yeah, I love it so much. I think that's one of those things where... You know, Shakespeare wrote Lear in his pandemic. And you know what's interesting is we talked about that so long ago. Mm-hmm. And that's coming up everywhere in the news. Did you yes. see that? Like, everybody's talking about, like, well, Shakespeare wrote Lear during the plague. Yeah. It was like, somebody had to have... Listened to this and That's what it was. Up. Like, they listened to our podcast. We are Renaissance like, men ahead have, of our time. Exactly. Either that or we're idiots. And we were the only people <laughs> that didn't know. <laughs> So that, I would like to my, think that's probably yeah. I would like to think that we're not idiots, but I mean maybe. I mean I don't know. Speak for yourself. But yeah, genius. this ratatouille, <laughs> this ratatouille <laughs> musical thing is just so much fun. I also just I like the idea of like theater being such a collaborative thing that now it like all of these theater artists are so tired and like sad that they haven't been able to collaborate and create that they're now using this worldwide like this beautiful thing in the internet to create something all together. And like you have certain people writing the songs and then other musicians jumping on and duetting it and like orchestrating the entire thing. Yes. Well, you know, to, to speak, to tie it into like how we kind of started with the, the terribleness of the internet and to see like good things still happen because of the internet. And I got on this whole like tangent because I saw one person had posted something and I thought Ratatouille the musical. Oh, I can't. Why? It's so like awesome. this has to be the hardest one of all the Pixar f- films to adapt. And then I started seeing what they did for the costumes, what they were doing with the songs, and everybody had okay. This is the song for when so and so meets this. This is the song yeah. for the critic. This is the song for the dad. For the and I was like, this is incredible. The person that did the entire stage model that. Yes. Had its own like for real lighting and had a turntable and they'd even like made the drops and filmed the whole thing and how it transitions. I was like, this is beautiful. Why and like you said, the collaborativeness of how theater, you know, genuinely works, but to mm-hmm. see the whole internet, like everyone coming together, even even like across the world. Yeah. To to write this. And In it fact, is so I, I'm ready to like, see it. I will like post it. Because I'll, I'll post it on our uh, Instagram and our Facebook in case you didn't see it. But they have um, Playbill did their own, yes. which is just so cool. The like official Playbill p- 
Page made their own Ratatouille fake playbill and then included every single video that anyone had yeah. done about like the songs and like put it all on one website. It's just yeah. so cool. And it's so it like to, for, for them to even acknowledge the existence of this. I mean, really, you think about it for them, it was probably like a gift from God. They're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> something, something to do. <laughs> something to post. We can post about this. I'll build it. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's also it, just so cool. I mean, it's, re- it's really awesome. Like, I was, like Ratatouille, and then we were both talking about how somebody had done the songs from Up, which well, was Well, the, the Up thing was how I discovered it, and they were like, this is the song that Ellie would sing, oh, and yeah. it's like, da-da-da-da, right. da-da-da-da, and like... I was, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And then I clicked into that and then I saw, you know, the song that Carl sings to Ellie and it's a, an exact mirror of begins. it. And, you know, my heart was then broken. But right, And if you course. find those on TikTok, watch them. They're also beautiful along with the mm-hmm. Ratatouille thing. Then, then that started the whole rabbit hole thing, like you said. And it was, I, I was just amazed, like, oh, we could actually have a Ratatouille musical when we come out of the pandemic. Right. Except the only thing that'll be sad is, is that it'll be ruined by producers. Like that's, that's kind of the sadness of it. It'll yeah. be like, oh no, we're actually we're gonna put I, I don't know like some horrible actor. It's like that that there. thing that you sent me the other day about uh, people in high school that are really talented dancing oh, yeah. in the background, <laughs> not making any noise, but but the most popular kid in school yeah. is the lead actor, and they're like, he can't sing, ah. yeah, <laughs> and just laughing their way through it, yes. and the director's applauding them. And I thought, oh, I've seen that before. So I many hate times. this. That's another scary thing in the like theater world of TikTok right now is the like you sent me that video not long ago about what's the worst thing your theater high school theater teacher did. Oh yeah. 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 That was that was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Um but they're all like they're all like that. It seems like every single one of them has to do with some really horrible like racist thing. Oh, of course. And I feel like whenever that question was posed, it's like, oh, this is going to be really bad. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have a high school. Yeah, no, me teacher, neither. So I, I don't have I don't have anything to contribute. Yeah, I, you know, I discovered it a little later in life. And I think that, you know, anybody that has the privilege to do it at a younger age, do it, get the exposure, you know. Oh, oh yeah. You know, find your place in in the theater and and find your your tribe I mean, and, I did get to do community theater while I was a junior in high school, but I guess I, I never, that never experienced happened, any of these things that these people are talking about. That well, is horrifying. When, when you were talking about your first experience ever, your first ever audition, you had those people that came up with you and helped you get through the audition. Yeah. And that, to me, is what theater should be. Yeah. Not kind of how you hear some of those horror stories go <laughs> well it's like how they said the the one that that got me was the one about hairspray i don't know if you saw that Mm-mm. where this guy was talking about hairspray and he was one of the um one of two african americans in the cast and so when what a yeah, choice yeah and the director put in the program that they put all the other kids that were playing the black kids in the school in blackface no and they, they put a disclaimer in the program that said, we did this because of low turnout. Nope. <laughs> nope. Like, That's, what? Nope. You don't do the play. You don't do it. You no, don't do it. Absolutely not. I don't understand it. Oh, 
I like heard the person talking about that. It was like, oh my gosh, that is horrifying, nope. horrifying. Uh, yeah, that that yeah. At, at that point, you just have to say, well, we're scrapping this. We're gonna do another show. Yeah, we're just not let's, gonna do let's this. do something we'll else. Do something else. Mm, no, don't understand it. <laughs> um, but oh, producers, they'll make the show happen regardless, right? Right. But still. It would be really funny to go to see Ratatouille the musical when all of this is done and to actually see the stuff that people came up with. Like if there was some way that they could that they could use everyone's intellectual property. I don't really know how that works because it's so many people. Yeah. They would I mean, almost have to be like, I give this to you. Yeah, but maybe. It's Unless hard there was some like, kind of like free to the public non-official version of Ratatouille that could be performed like at the public theater in New York yeah. for free. I don't know that that's fair, though. And here's here's only why I say that. I, I know that when people who are sort of, when they're working on films or, or games or stuff like that, like they pay a lot of money for their audition pieces. Like it's thousands of dollars to hire an orchestra to record a piece to potentially be in a film. Yeah, so it's almost like they're auditioning so, for the part of being this person who's going to write the music. Unless you're like, you know, uh, Alan Minken, and you know Disney is going to hire you, and you're going to write, you know, 12 songs, mm -hmm. then I, I think that every person who wrote those songs deserves to be paid for them. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I'm just saying there's not a world that's going to happen. Yeah. So like they're well, they're not gonna they're not gonna pay these people. The only music. way it would happen is if like Disney maybe came forth and they said, We're going to buy you out. We want to buy the rights maybe. from you. And then we're going to put this kind of like under our banner and whoever the author is of our show, you know, musical director, musical author is gonna get credit for this, but you will also receive like a passing credit, I guess. I don't know. A backstage pass. Yeah. A free, you'll you'll forever be known as contributing to, uh, you know, when when TikTok is dead and gone like Vine one day, mm -hmm. know that you contributed to this. You did this. Uh, it, but it is super cool. That to me is one of the awesome things that have come out of of this. Like I loved seeing the people's costume renderings. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Really okay, if we have uh, the rat come out like I mean, this here, girl, like be puppets, and then we'll have like the hat illuminated with yeah. the like the um. She was like, an, she did it like she was presenting it to a, to a director. I mean, it was like she had done the whole rendering, said what the fabric would be, got samples of the fabric and built part of the stuff. There was one guy that did three costumes who was obviously like quarantined with like two other roommates. Yeah. And dressed them in the rat costumes and choreographed the whole thing as the rats. It was. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and then there's this thing now about this actual like rat running around New York. Have you seen this? <laughs> it's not a real rat, but it's a this man in guy. a costume. Yeah. It's like this man. In a, if you haven't seen these videos, no, um, it's this dude or I, I assume it's his it's name splinter. I kind of looks like splinter, but it's like a real rat head and he's got a suit on and he's just going all over New York. Like he's riding the subways, just kind of like out and about, Well, you know, times are hard with restaurants being but closed. It just happened. Right at Ratatouille, the musical on TikTok. So I feel like something bigger is inspired. brewing. Maybe. What if that is uh, Bob Iger, who is the uh, president of Disney? What if? What if he was like, you know what? I'm going to risk it all. 
put on this rat costume and run around. But there is also the possibility that that could be Will Ferrell. Uh, it's a very agile. It, I don't. I don't know if he's as agile as he used to be. Uh, this dude know. seemed very much in shape and ready to like run over things. I mean, he was hopping all over the subway train. Maybe Chris Hemsworth. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Or Tom Holland. Too tall. Oh. Well, he's he's a little short. But I like that you're saying that, even though you haven't I've even not seen, seen a dude in the costume. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what else you got for us? Oh my gosh! How dare you? Well, you always do it to me. I figured since you're kind of like uh, taking charge this week, I would ask you what else you have for us. I am I the guy taking charge this week? You know what has been interesting, um, because we were fortunate enough to get a week break from for Thanksgiving. Yes. And it was so wild because the other day I got to see two people that I haven't seen in like six months. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, and like actually have a, like a halfway real conversation. Like I went to the cop, like it was just strange. It was kind of like my life. Like I was like, Oh wow, I can do things like this is kind of crazy. Even though everything is so different, it just seemed like this weird sense of normalcy. Like I got to go and talk to Kendall for a little bit at the theater and just kind of like hear about what's going on with them and stuff. And, um, and, you know, talk about like fun things for the future and get excited about the future about some stuff. And then also got to go over and chat with Aubrey at River Oaks and like, you know, things that we can do there whenever all this stuff is lifted. And it seems so positive. It just, I really enjoyed actually getting to talk to people about the future as if it is bright and not bleak. Yes. Once this is over. This is what we would like to do. Yeah. And even though I, I know that we are kind of in the the big, like the heavy of it right now. It mm-hmm. feels like we're, we're, it's pretty intense at the moment, or it's, it's ramping up for it. And I know it's going to get more intense. But Well, these are the numbers that we originally went into quarantine for. Right. Like, so that the, the healthcare system could catch up to what they expected this, you know, eventuality mm-hmm. to, to. Well, and I feel like this arrive. time, because of the way everything is going, it's, it's going to take it a little longer. Yeah. Like it'll have to get worse. Well, I, th- I don't know. It just seems like still so many people don't think that it's real, even well, though I know that this yeah. isn't what the podcast is about today. Well, well, what is exciting is that now there are these competing companies who have these potential vaccines that are showing yeah. 90 percentile in, in as far as effectiveness of it. And they're talking about what, what and it's so cool. It's so interesting to me to see what, medicine testing is going through and i know that we're seeing like it at an accelerated rate versus <laughs> watching you get more comfortable is such an interesting sight <laughs> man i had to lean back my back is just like oh man I had to lean back yeah. i should have got that second pillow yep uh but <laughs> if you but, see me walk over the couch in a minute you know we're in trouble <laughs> yeah uh, it's time to end that's cody um but but it's so interesting to see, you know, scientifically, like what medicine testing actually goes through. And we're seeing it at a, you know, like a hyper rate versus oh, yeah. what normal, you know, typical ibuprofen probably went through years ago. And I, I, I'm very excited, you know, to, to have all these mul- all these companies trying to find a solution. Yeah. The fact that some solution is is like kind of in the future is really yeah. nice. But I will say, you know, just my personal opinion, it has been um, it's been really frustrating, I think, 
being where we are. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, Lexi and I, I think we take this pretty seriously. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're at, at between working at school and then, you know, just it's, it's so frightening because where she works, it is um, like her population of kids. They're just so susceptible to illness or respiratory issues. And so it's just very, worrisome there so we really don't see anyone and her herself as well yeah she, and has, she asthma. has asthma so bad and um i mean and you know i'm around kids all day long at school and at a certain point there's just you can take as many precautions as you want if, if you're out there then you're exposed to it in a way yeah and i just i find it so frustrating to see people who are complaining about restrictions or um or, you know, like basically saying, no, we shouldn't listen to these scientists yeah. who are trying to keep us safe and get us better because businesses should open again. Yeah. Like I'm in some way, I'm like, yes, we should have the businesses open. But as somebody with a theater company, I think, well, you know, I haven't been able to do theater in, <laughs> since March. Yeah. You know, and so my company's not been making any money. So like your and second year of business, business, you basically had to yeah, shut down. We shut down because, you know, what? It, we can't do anything. And then you hear these studies that are like, well, you know, if we all would have just done this and been serious about it, we, it we'd be fine mm-hmm. probably by now. And so I think all these people that are out there complaining about, you know, you, you can't control me. I'm not going to wear a mask. I think it's the absolute most ridiculous thing in the world because what I think is, is you're saying you shouldn't have to wear a mask and businesses should be opened. But the fact that you're not is one of the reasons why I can't open my business. Exactly. Like that's it's always going through my brain. And it's crazy that and really I didn't even want to talk about this on the podcast because somebody's going to get mad. But it's like you're it's science. I don't understand it. It's yeah. like how are you going to get mad about science? Like I I can't Well, <laughs> as someone a proven fact, as someone who is myself a germaphobe and you know this I also struggle with OCD a lot of times and I wash my hands like 10,000 times a day. I mean, I don't see the mask as a bad thing, period. I mean, I I understand it is a little cumbersome to what you're used to and kind of like how you and I are sitting across from one another right now, not having that barrier between our mouth and the microphone. Yeah. But at the same time, we're like, we are breathing and blowing our spit on birthday cakes. Yeah, I know. And that's I'm just never like, made sense mm, to me. That's I, never made sense to you me. You want even a cake? A I was like, I'll just take some ice cream. I just always felt like that was your way of telling your siblings, this is mine. Yes. This is mine now. And 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 for me personally, it's just like, if if this is globally what I have to do to save one, yeah, then I'm, I'm willing it. to do it. Because for me, I would rather save one person than be selfish and be like, well, I don't want to wear this because I am inconvenienced a little bit. I mean, I I wear a mask all day long at yeah. work. And most medical professionals wear masks all day long. Yeah, at when work, they're even performing before. surgery. And that's one thing that I always thought was hilarious with the people that are like, Oh, I can't breathe with it on. I'm like, oh well one, you need to get over yourself. And two, like you're at whatever job you have, you're not a, a your surgeon yeah. when you go to have surgery is gonna wear a mask. And you're going to want him to. For hours while yeah. he operates on you. 
And he's he's likely wearing a yeah he or she are wearing a mask and they have a shield as well. Yeah, and it's like they're able to do that, and you you can't do this to go to Walmart. Yeah, and it, <laughs> like it's the most privileged thing I've ever seen in life. It's like one of those sadnesses of humanity. I think eventually, whenever the Netflix documentary comes out about this, and we're you know like hopefully old. And we've survived the pandemic. Older. older, And we've survived the pandemic. And, um, you know, like another generation that didn't have to go through this is watching it. They're like, wait, so wait, all they all they had to do was I'm so confused. Oh, this will be a blip in history. This will be like uh, the great pandemic of 2020 was so brief. I don't know. I think that it was so intense because of the election and how it all got wrapped up in there that it's going to be talked about for. Yes, I think I think that ultimately. And 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 I I ride the middle of the fence more than I pick one or the other uh, side on things a lot of times, but I try to go with the most logical. Yeah, and it just all became political. Yeah, I think that wearing a mask became red or blue, and I don't think that that's right. And I think no. that if we would have been in a non-election year, I think things would be a lot different. And I think I, I look at countries like Australia, New Zealand, and places like that where they have ultimately eliminated. Yeah, the 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 entire uh, coronavirus altogether, and when you go into those countries, you are immediately sent to a hotel room or an apartment or something, and you cannot walk out of that door for two weeks. Yeah, and the same goes for Canada as well. And it's like, well, they're doing something right. Yes, and, and you're basically seeing the scientific method play out. Yes, and then just rejecting. Everything that's coming back <laughs> that works. I just, it's just so wild to me. That and the fact that people think that somehow masks are government control. It's just insane. You're born and you're given a you're number. Literally given a number. And, and you carry an iPhone or a ca- smartphone. You carry a smartphone that literally listens to you. <laughs> you gave your facial ID scan to to log into. It's like at some point you have to acknowledge. You gave this up to them. Yeah. It's wild. And I just, like, I'm not planning on doing anything illegal, so I super don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, go ahead. I mean, track me. The the one thing I did today was buy a PS5. (laughs) Hey. And then scream and and run and jump. Lexi even congratulated me and said, hey, I've never seen you like this. Well, that shows you she knew it was important to you. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but ultimately, back to the mask thing. Like, like I just think that that as a people, as a human race and a species, we have to do better. Well, yeah, I think all the we time. Have to There's better. always a way to be better, and I think that this has definitely shown that there is always in any situation the right way to handle something, and then the wrong way. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, instead of looking at something logically, went straight to emotions and immediately to. I'm right and you're dumb. Yeah. Well, like I, like we talked about a few weeks ago, it became this attack on people's character and it's like that's that's not what it is. Yes, yeah, definitely not what it like, is. Like I'm I like we're trying to save people's lives. Mhm. And for your slight inconvenience, this is all it costs. Right. Oh, it's also like I think about the theater and just being able to do shows again and what it'll look like and you know, doing it the right way. Well, yeah, like you showed me those pictures earlier of uh, Lisa's show that she has. Susan. Or Susan. Yeah. Sorry. 
Um, but yeah, Susan show uh, where she has all of her actors on stage wearing a mask. Yeah, they're all wearing a mask. They did this. It's actually really awesome. I was hoping that she had um, promised that she was going to email me the script. I can't wait to read it. But she had written this play like the CCM actually sent them to um, Norway and Poland. And they followed this one man's journey um, of, of growing up and then eventually ending up in a concentration camp and then his journey out of the concentration camp and they followed his actual path like they took mm. from his his like birthplace they went to the con and they filmed the whole thing almost like a documentary and when they came back this year they were supposed to put it together and and put the two mediums together as a way of like a documentary and then also a stage place so they were going to tell the story of his life through like the stage but they actually show the images that's awesome of the real places which they still have done, which is like a huge feat, I think, that they accomplished. And the pictures are gorgeous. So what they did with the cyclorama and the projections that they did on there, it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could tell. And, and I've seen her post about it and talked to her. And it's stressful, like making sure that you're doing this the right way. Because you don't want somebody to get sick. I mean, that's what I think all the time. I think about this at school. I think about it all that you don't want to do something and then let your decisions be the reasons that somebody got sick. Exactly. And like my parents are older and, you know, I have, as you've seen, you've stopped by uh, my store a couple of times and, you know, people come in a lot. Yeah. So try to throw on my mask every single time that somebody walks in. Right. And like my parents are older, so I don't want to since I've been around all these customers. Yeah, you don't want to go there. I don't want to go visit them as often because I know my exposure. Right. And it's like I, if if I don't show symptoms for two to three days before I realize that maybe I haven't, and then I've given it to them. And then where I, else like, does it like, go? I, I mean, like it I have to then stop. beat myself up for the rest of my life, knowing that I endangered their lives. Yeah. I mean, I think the same thing about our family, like with uh, with our grandparents and stuff. That's why I mean, we haven't seen my grandmother in a very long time. I mean, it's just one of those things you'd make a sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what the answer is, but it is nice to see like people taking. I, I, it's just like with anything. There's a good side and a bad side to everything. Yeah. And I have been trying really hard to focus on the positive end mm -hmm. of it all. And I do think that whenever we do come out of this, that it'll be like a celebration in a way. Oh, yeah. I do think that it is always going to be a little different. Yeah. I, it was so interesting because I was watching this, uh, this documentary about um, some musical act or whatever. And, and they had just last year footage from their shows. And yeah. it was like this stadium full of people shoulder to shoulder packed mm -hmm. and then it was so strange to me in in fact I, i'll say that i watched an interview with uh, uh dave chappelle and he was talking about shows leading up to the actual uh shutdown yeah and he said at first he's like there's no way there's no way we shut the whole country down much less the whole world right he said and then i did that first show the day before we shut down and people have been like saying stuff to me and i did not touch anybody's hands. It's like people were raising their hands to like, you know, to the stage to try mm -hmm. and, you know, touch me or whatever. And normally I would, but that night I didn't. And then the second show that evening, not at all. 
He's like, I, I didn't even, I didn't even go near people. He's like, then all of a sudden I saw that fear that, that I had acquired. Right. Then in everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that to me was so like that, that like spoke to me personally, like how I thought about it too. And it was like, there's no, there's no, come on. Well, I mean, I think you see like Vegas and Disney shut down and you're like, Oh, this might actually be serious. This is real. (laughs) This is real. Um, I mean, and I, I know that like the, in the grand scheme of things, what it has done to affect our company is very small. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it doesn't mean that I, I, I still wanted to come back. I mean, we struggled really hard trying to figure out what we were supposed to do. And I, I feel like now, even though it was more like probably out of procrastination and maybe a, a little dash of depression that we didn't get the holiday show in. Yeah. That we were hoping to do. Yeah. that we were so wanted. To but do. then it's, then it's also like, like you were saying, when we come out of the other side of this, are people going to want to sit next to one another? Exactly. Well, and I, I mean, I feel like if we would have, you know, right now in Louisiana, if we would have put on a show in two weeks, well, at least, let's see, we would have been performing the first weekend in December. So if we would have been putting on a show in, yeah, literally like two weeks. Yeah. Then I, I still think people would have showed up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Despite us going back to our second phase. Yeah, they would still they would have still showed up. And I... I don't. I don't know if I could have. I, I couldn't have had that on my conscience. I could not have had it. And also, just like the stress of, if, you know, this show is it's a two two person show. So if either of us come in contact with somebody, if we start showing symptoms, like I could not. Like you'd have to cancel the show. Yeah, we're well, not gonna have an understudy. Well, for, and for if example, I'm not able to be there. Like yeah. I own the company. I'm not able to be there, and I'm in the show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, sorry so, for tonight's performance. It's and, just me. And then I'm not going to be like a jerk and just show up <laughs> knowing that I have this illness. Yeah. And just be like, here you go. I've now exposed everyone. So excited that I got these ticket prices, though. You know, I'm really glad that I got this money. Like, that's insane to yeah. me. Yeah. Like, I've now exposed all of these people that came out to support me. Right. And, well, for example, like tonight when what? I got here, I thought, hey, look. I'm feeling a little warm. I don't know what's going on with me. Why don't you take my temperature before we even sit down? Which was awesome. Yeah, I was like, I would rather me leave right now and you sanitize this whole house for yeah. me walking through the door and and us not do this podcast and maybe have to tell people like, hey, look, we're having to postpone because one of us caught something, right? Mm-hmm. Versus like even to give it to just you or Lexi, right? Or even Ernie. <laughs> he love, wouldn't emotionally you, be able to there. handle it. <laughs> Luna would be all right. She'd be like, eh, yeah, I got she, it. She wouldn't care. Eh, she'd be asymptomatic. Ernie would be more like me. He would be just terrible <laughs> he would to deal fall with. to pieces. Yeah, he would be terrible to deal with. He's so dramatic. Mm, this was all pretty pretty heavy there at the end. I'm sorry. This is what happens when you threw it back to me. I'm going to immediately talk about what's racing through my brain yeah. half of the day. That was one of the things. This about is what's having, been racing through your brain for about, for about nine six, months. Seven months. Yeah. Um, one of the like crazy things about having some time off for the holiday is just like sitting and actually thinking about everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been like racing to do lesson plans or whatever. And it's just, it's like, Oh my gosh, like how so many things have happened in such a short amount of time, like trying to play catch up. And then also just thinking all the time, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. Am I doing enough? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Just constantly in my brain. 
Well, if you're sitting at home, yes. Yeah, I guess that's true. And that's hard to think that you like, also this think is enough. Like, but is it enough? Like, am I supposed to be creating something? <sighs> I just yeah. don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I probably wasted a lot of time at home. Just like, eh, I enjoy my time not going and doing things sometimes. But you know, it also, I, it has kind of showed me that I don't think that I will ever be able to keep the schedule that I used to keep. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, and I don't want to. I don't want to go back to that. Like, you know, we would go to work all day long, immediately, like, most of the time not even come home, have to ask somebody else to, like, come let the dogs out yeah. twice a day, and then immediately go to the theater, and I'm there till 10, 10.30, mm-hmm. I come home, and I'm I'm literally home sleeping less time than I am anywhere else. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy to think that you pay this mortgage. Yeah, and I'm there to the least. just rent a room. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. I come home to shower and sleep, and then I'm out. And I just don't think I can go back to that. And I just think, you know, in a way, it has shown me the things that are very precious. Yeah. And, you know, like spending time with, with my wife or my friends and actually getting to have a conversation. And in some ways, is just as important or worth as anything that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Like it's not, it doesn't all have to be just one thing. Yeah. So it just almost in a way I feel kind of empowered by it because it's given me the license to say like, you know what? No. Yeah. So yeah, that's a nice little lesson that I learned. Yeah. I feel like that's a good place to, to kind of end on. I mean, I know Christian Godet wants us to have longer episodes, but. Well, he got that one that was an hour and a half long. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like we're kind of we're we're about an hour ish right now. Well, so I'd say that we're we're pretty probably yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Hey, um, what did the chicken say to the penguin? You're making this up. I I was. Yeah. I'm sorry. What what is um did what did you hear about the time the penguin walked in the bar and the bartender said, Hey, we got a drink named after you and the penguin said, Really? You got a drink named Frank? Well, everyone, that was Cody. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Chris.